We are in a prayer series, and we have been praying each week the Lord's Prayer. And for those of you who are like, have said this, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know. This is, if you just start here and you just pray this prayer every single day until your own kind of words come and until your own conversation comes with God, things will shift and things will change in your life. So let's pray. Those of you who grew up in a Catholic school probably did this all the time, but let's not just let it be a repetition of a prayer. Let's think about who we're praying to and what words we're speaking to that God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Let's believe this morning that you didn't just come in here to get a good pep talk, but that you came in here so that the kingdom of heaven could be done here on earth and in you as it is in heaven. Amen. So as I said, we're in a, in a prayer series right now, and for the last two weeks, we have been inviting you to be a people who praise. We have been reminding you that around here we believe that prayer actually has the power to significantly change things in your life as an individual, that prayer has the power to change entire communities. We believe that we are going to actually see God do things in our city of Peterborough through the people of Calvary Church. And the only way that we're going to see God do things through the people of Calvary that make up Calvary Church is if we are going to be a committed people who talk to God and who ask God to have his will be done in our lives and in our city, in our families, in our marriages. We believe that prayer works. We believe that the God that we're talking to has given us this incredible gift and for those of you who are just brand new, brand new to the church thing, brand new to the Jesus thing, this is so important for you to realize, is that the God, that the, the Christian God, which we believe is the one true only God, this God has given us the gift of experiencing him personally. And how that happens in the life of a believer, in the life of one who professes Jesus Christ and invites him into their life is only possible through the power and the working of God's Spirit. And we call that the Holy Spirit, and Scripture calls that the Holy Spirit. And so we can't talk about prayer and we can't do a prayer series without talking about the Holy Spirit and the function that the Holy Spirit has through our prayers and through the lives of believers because it's the presence of God in us and the presence of God in our world given to us through the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit, that any transformation can take place, right? And so we have our, our overarching umbrella theme this year is transformation. And transformation is a work of God's Spirit. And so whatever that brings up for you this morning, as I say, I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, I just encourage you to just rest um, in that the Holy Spirit is God's presence, which is a really good, awesome thing, Right? Those of you who know, like, a bigger amen. amen. Amen? There we go. 
So there's three simple truths that I'm going to remind us of, those, who have, those of us who have been following Jesus for a long time, and, and I'm going to teach you who is very new to the Holy Spirit, these three simple truths. And, and the first one's super important. It's that the Spirit is a who, not a what. The Spirit has personhood. The Spirit is not some mystical force that's out there that we just have to kind of like catch or it's going to catch us like That's not the Holy Spirit. The second truth is this, is that the Spirit is accessible to every single Christian. Doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter how much you know about God or how little you know about God, doesn't matter what language you speak, what country you come from, the Holy Spirit is accessible to everyone and anyone who confesses Christ to be Lord. And that's good news for some of us today who think, oh, that powerful Holy Spirit's only only going to do anything in the life of the super spiritual people. No, (laughs) that's wrong. Get it out of your head. The Holy Spirit is accessible to every single person who confesses Christ as Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? What a wild thing to wrap our heads around, right? That the presence of God, which in the Old Testament was not accessible to everybody, And if you came into contact with the presence of God, some crazy wild things would happen to you. It was like reserved for the elite few. And yet, because of Jesus, the very presence of God the Creator is able to be inside of every single believer. And therefore, if the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, dwells in everybody who confesses Christ, which is like... I'm going to guess 95% of you, then we shouldn't be surprised when the Holy Spirit does things in our lives, right? Like we, we shouldn't be surprised that we experience him from time to time, either in promptings in our minds of certain thoughts, and they will never be thoughts that cause um, shame and condemnation and and anything that tells you that your identity is something other than a son and a daughter of God, those are not from from Christ. But the Spirit will speak to you, will reveal the mysteries of heaven to you, will reveal scripture to you, and will function in a variety of different ways in your life. And so we shouldn't be surprised that the Holy Spirit wants to be actually doing something in there, right? And so we're going to talk today about just some of the ways in which the Holy Spirit, the personhood of God, the Spirit of God, functions through our prayers by empowering our prayer. And there's a quote that I just love, and I want to read it because I think it's going to give you a good idea of, um, yeah, what we're going to be talking about, how the Holy Spirit is going to function through our prayers. When the Holy Spirit lays hold of us and fills us, Prayer becomes just a natural and spontaneous expression of our relationship with God. The Spirit takes our feeble efforts and breathes life into them, transforming them into powerful and effective communication with the Father. This is what the Holy Spirit does, is when we don't have words and we don't even know what to pray for or to ask for, the Spirit within us prompts us to pray the things that align with the will of God prompts us to pray truth, prompts us to not just be asking for like parking spots every day, but to be praying that the kingdom of heaven would happen here on earth. It's the Spirit who does this. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. No less person than God the Father and God the Son. 
The spirit isn't inferior. There's no difference in their nature. There's just a difference in their function. And so as, it's not just a Pentecostal thing that, believe, that Pentecostals believe this. It's actually the Christian church that several different expressions of the Christian church confess this, that God is triune. He is one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. And Father and Son are also metaphors, just like Spirit, but Father and Son are a little bit easier for us to wrap our heads around, right? When we picture God the Father, God the Son, I feel like you likely more often picture a person than when you say God the Spirit. And yet, that can trip us up a little bit in, in the empowerment of our prayers. We need to remember that the Spirit of God is God. The Holy Spirit is God's presence within us. All are holy, all are infinite, all are just and worthy of our worship. It was the Holy Spirit that knit Jesus together in Mary's womb. It was the Holy Spirit that when Jesus was water baptized, came on him like a dove and anointed and empowered him for his ministry here on earth. Even Jesus had the anointing of the Spirit so that Jesus could carry out the mission of the Father. And that's what the Spirit wants to do in all of our lives is it wants, he wants to draw us to God. He wants us to anoint us and empower us to carry out that same work that Jesus Christ was accomplishing here on earth and has invited us into participation to finish working out alongside of God. The Spirit draws people to repentance and new life in Jesus. Through the Spirit's indwelling, the Father and the Son are present to all believers, making them children of God. The Holy Spirit is the personal, and if you're right, you still are old school and have a pen, write this down. If you have a phone, type it out. The Holy Spirit is the personal and promised presence of God with us and in us. And where do we see that? So you know I'm not making things up. John 16, 5 to 16, this is Jesus, Jesus is speaking. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Another advocate, and so pause there for one second. Jesus came to be God with us, right? We sing it at Christmas time a lot, Emmanuel, God with you. I'm not on the worship team. Emmanuel, God with us, God's presence with us. To be an advocate, to give counsel, to guide us and point us to the Father. And here the Holy Spirit is going to be, Jesus says, another advocate. And that word translated is so cool. It's just another of the same kind. And it actually means an advocate who comes to the side of. And so we have this advocate gifted to us that comes to the side of us to counsel us, the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you do know him. He's saying to the disciples, you know him because I'm literally right here. You do know him for he abides with you and will be in you when the spirit comes. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you're going to know. I'm saying that for a reason. You're going to know that I am in my father that you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and I will reveal myself to him. That's like a pretty amazing promise. 
They didn't understand it at the time, and I think we don't understand it even in our time, but what Jesus is saying is, hey, all the things you saw me do, all the things that you witnessed along here with me, the, what I was pointing you towards, the mission and the work that I was doing, I'm going to send you my spirit, God's spirit, so that you can keep doing those things. And he actually even says so that you can do greater things than I ever done. Talk about pressure. He did a lot of pretty awesome things. On that day, you will know. How many of you have ever had a parent say, you're going to get it someday? You'll understand someday. You'll understand when you're a mother yourself. You'll understand when you have to pack lunches every single day. You'll understand when you have to pay your own groceries. You'll understand when you're responsible for your own vehicle. You'll understand, you'll understand, you'll understand, right? Oh, I see you, Kirsten. It's like, Mom, you say that to me all the time. She's so embarrassed that I just pointed her out. We've all heard it. We've all heard it because we understand that hearing about something or, or having someone else tell you about something and experiencing it yourself are two entirely different realities. If you show me pictures of the beautiful country that you visited, I'm going to say that's beautiful, but I'm going to understand that it is not the same as I'm not getting the same vantage point that you who took that picture got of that landscape and that awe you felt and what you felt in the moment experiencing that place for the first time. And likewise about this advocate of the Holy Spirit who comes to the side of, who indwells those who confess Christ. Hearing me talk about it and experiencing the presence of God in you for yourself are two entirely different realities. My life has been a, a consistent journey of kind of learning about things and then experiencing them. And the really fun ones are when that happens in reverse. When you experience something and you're like, I'm not quite sure what that was. And then you learn about it later maybe. How many of you have had that same experience in your walk with God? Sometimes you just know, you're like, oh, I learned about that. I'm going to go and apply it or God's going to accomplish that through my life because I understand. And other times you're like, I don't know if that was God. I don't know if that was me. And then later on you're like, oh, that was God. Oh, that's what they were talking about. Oh, that's what that was. Oh, that peace that surpasses understanding. When you experience, you're like, oh, that's the kind of peace they're talking about. When you receive freedom or healing by the Spirit, oh, <laughs> that's what they were talking about. When you're experiencing something where you should not have peace or you should not have patience, in your own natural ability, you're responding differently than you would have responded maybe previously. Oh, that's what they were talking about when we put away the old and we take on the new. This is what they're talking about, that we're a new creation and we're not going to want the things that we used to want anymore. We're not going to need the things that we used to need. I wanted to share as I was writing this, I had two kind of like times in my life, I guess I would say, um, that I was prompted to share. And I've just learned enough. I've been doing this 10 plus years. I'm just not going to question it. It's just maybe I'm sharing these specific stories for a specific reason, and I'm actually looking forward to hearing afterwards um, who, who this may have been for. But I've had a lot of experiences with, with the activity of the Spirit in my life. I've had a lot of experiences in 35 years of knowing that I was experiencing God, but a couple really made a difference that was like turning point, never look back, life transformation kind of encounters with God. And the first is surrounding my personal call into ministry. 
And some of you might even be wondering, what does that mean, calling into something? And I'm just going to explain to you the situation of how it happened, and hopefully it's one that's like, you'll understand if you've ever experienced it. You know, that's what I'm going to say to you a lot of these times. But um, I was 12 years old. I was 12 years old when I was at church, and coincidentally, and I didn't realize this until I was writing this, when I was thinking of the timeline, it was not long after I was water baptized, which I thought, that's kind of cool, that um, I had a calling, uh, an experience with the Spirit that happened not long after I was water baptized and publicly confessed to my church that I believe in Jesus, like some people did not that long ago. And here's how it happened. At 12 years old, I was sitting in a pew at the time. It was pink. Uh, I don't really think that's relevant to the story, but I can picture it. Um, And I felt prompted, and what I mean by that is there was an overwhelming feeling in my body and in my mind that was compelled to walk forward to this space, which we call an altar, and talk to God. I didn't know what I was supposed to talk to God about. Um, I've been seeing this for several years as a child because I grew up in church, adults and grown-ups going up to the front, and lots are crying for some reason, some are falling over, different experiences of like, hmm. And for whatever reason, and I've responded at other times, walked up with my parents and held their hands, and this time my dad was sitting beside me, and I just got up, and I walked forward, and I stood there, and I closed my eyes, and I don't remember what I said, but it was probably like, hey, God, I'm here. (laughs) Like, just want to talk to you. Um, And pretty cool things happen when you respond to a drawing to talk to God. So at that same time, 12-year-old Kathleen's now standing at the altar, another person in the building, in the church, had a prompting themselves, felt an overwhelming need and desire in their thoughts and their body, compelled to walk over to me through the crowds of Pentecostal people. There was a Perry sound. I was like 300 people in our church. And everyone came up in those days. On the, on the way through, and they stopped at me, and they, they, they said to me something along the lines of, um, I really felt that I was to share with you that God has set you apart for the ministry. And I'm 12. I don't know what that means. But I just was like, okay. And, and they said a few other things about the types of ministry that I would do. And it was like, and I feel like he's telling me that he's going to equip you for that. He's going to give you what you need in order to do that. But there is a calling that has been set apart for you to build up the church, to speak to the nations was a phrase. And how many nations do we have in here today? That's pretty cool. I think, I think I'm doing it. I think I'm doing it. Um, hey, thanks. Huh. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, and they, they felt prompted to say those things to me. And so at 12 years old, I encountered the Holy Spirit's activity in a way that would significantly change the, tra- the trajectory of my life. Now, I was 12. I didn't go right in, I didn't become a pastor right after that. I, at that time, all old white guys were being pastors in my area, and there was no pastor booth at the career fair. And my guidance counselor in high school never told me how to get there. And I didn't bring it up with her and for reasons I'm going to talk about in a second. But anyways, I encountered the spirit there, and someone else encountered the activity of the presence of God in them, and they responded to it. And now Kathleen's life has a calling and a set-apartness over her life that she will never forget, that along the way will be reminded to her by other people who were not connected, who could never have known that at 12 years old those words were spoken to me. And yet prompting after prompting after prompting of people in different cities in the States when I lived there, walking up saying, hey, I feel like God's just wanting to remind you. I'm like, oh, God, 
<laughs> but I want to be a psychologist. <clears throat> but the reminders and the reminders and the activity of God and the presence of God and because I was praying, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he says, okay, I would like to use you in that work. And he's using other people in that work. And so from, at 25, I think, was the first, my first paid ministry vocational job. And between 12 to then, there was a lot of moments in between there. And so this is the next kind of experience that I want to talk to you about. And I think this is for a young person here today. And so if you've been on your phone, listen up. You're looking for a sign. Here it is. Rewind back to when I was 17. These, this was my last year of high school. And that 12-year-old calling over Kathleen was pushed far, far, far far away. I hadn't thought about it in a while, hadn't been reminded of it in a while, didn't want it, questioned it completely, questioned the one who would have given it, didn't trust anybody. Um, I had a lot of doubts. I was carrying a lot of pain. I was carrying a lot of problems. And I spent all of my high school years, I would say, feeling entirely more lost than I felt found, despite having confessed Christ as a child and was water baptized and had a calling spoken over my life. Horrible. I wasn't bullied. I just was lost. I just didn't know who I was. And I get that that's kind of normal for teenagers to just kind of question who they are. But I'm talking about like next level, like I don't feel purpose. I feel lost. There were so many lies I was believing about who I was and and people letting me down left, right, and center who were supposed to be teaching me about Jesus. And I'm like, if it's real, like, what the heck is going on? And questions and questions and questions. Now, somewhere in that time, I had a mother who prayed. And I had a mother who is first-generation Christian herself, was not raised in a Pentecostal church, and yet found herself in a Pentecostal church, had an experience of what we call spirit baptism, um, which I didn't understand at, at the time, but I do now. And she prayed for me. And there, were, there are key memories in my mind that I have that I can picture it. We had a specific room in our house where she often went to pray the, like, serious prayers that she thought we couldn't hear, but, like, the serious ones where she, it was, like, on your knees, and there was tears, and there was stuff. And I was like, well, I don't know what's happening there, but I'm not going in. Now I know I probably should have gone in. Because maybe I would have caught a little what she was, what she was getting. And, and as a teenager, as I'm feeling lost, I'm walking by and I'm seeing this picture of my mother praying and I'm hearing her pray in a language that doesn't make sense, that I can't understand, but it felt different than our dinnertime prayers. There was something powerful happening there that I couldn't understand, but I knew, I knew was about me. I knew was, and really she's confirmed it since, yes, I sure was, like over and over and over. And, and it's been confirmed that now I understand what was experiencing there was that my mother was at the end of her words. She no longer knew what to pray because nothing seemed to be working in 17-year-old Kathleen's life. And yet the spirit within her knew. The mind of Christ within my mother knew the heart of a mother knew the words to pray to the Father, and interceded and spoke to the Father on her behalf in a way that shifted and moved things. And not long after one of those times of prayer, Kathleen, 17 Kathleen, who had Christ in her, felt again this overwhelming need to just go and try again to talk to God. And so 17-year-old Kathleen goes, not at an altar this time, 
not in a church, no one coming up and praying for me. I have my own personal experience with God in my bedroom where I didn't say many words myself. At the time, I didn't speak in another language like my mom did. That came later. Um, but in that moment, these were, this was a praying that was different than my bless the spaghetti prayers that I had known up to that point. There was an overwhelming feeling and a settling on my being that felt peaceful, that felt free, that felt like it was just lifting things off that I never would have known to ask to be lifted off of me. And that doubt that I had experienced for so many years, that doubt seemed to all of a sudden be being replaced with this assurance that I wasn't going to be perfect after that night, but that I would never quite be the same again. That that encounter with God that was so personal, I would remember many times later in my walk with him. I would remember that I encountered God in a personal way, and there was this promise of his presence in my life that I didn't have those words to put to it, but I can look back and see what it was. It was this confirmation of the spirit of truth reminding me, you are a daughter of God. I have set you apart. I, my power is within you. Greater is he and greater is me that is in you, Kathleen, than he that has sought to destroy you and confuse you and forget your calling that I have placed on your life. And so I would say that the Spirit's activity and the prompting in my mom's life shifted things for me in my life. I still had to respond. I still had to choose when that prompting of the Spirit happened in my own life, would I go and give Jesus one more chance? Would I go and talk to God again even though I don't know what to pray? And all I know is that from that point on, I was not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes after that. I still do. But I have never felt that lost again. I have always felt more found than I have felt lost. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit in times of prayer. That's what the Spirit does, is he reminds you of whose you are. He reminds you of truth. He draws us to himself. And he transforms things in us in a way that I just can't teach and I don't quite understand myself. I just know that it is true. I know that we see example after example after example of supernatural things happening in the lives in Scripture of those who followed Jesus, of those who did what Jesus did, of those who invited, as we sang earlier, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Welcome here. So therefore, we shouldn't be surprised when the Holy Spirit does incredibly life-transforming things in our lives and through our prayers for the ones that we love. And so I hope that this is a reminder to a few of you. Go and talk to God again. Keep talking to God. He will hear you, and he will align the will of the Spirit with the will of the Father, and things will shift and change that you can't do on your own. You aren't capable of doing it. You never were intended to do it. It's the Spirit only, the Spirit alone, that can accomplish these things in our lives. Over the next two years, I'd experienced a lot of emotional healing. I experienced freedom from addiction and the pain that was causing it. I was able to forgive. Oh my goodness, if you've ever experienced like Holy Spirit-empowered forgiveness in your life, man, that'll free you up. You don't get closure from people sometimes. You just don't. But if you can get forgiveness, like the ability, the empowered ability by the Spirit to just forgive them anyways and move forward with your life, man, that will free you up.
for the activity of the Spirit to be more empowered in your life. God is a God who can be experienced, Calvary, and he wants to give you your own stories. And I know that if I passed the mic from row to row, I would hear story after story after story where through prayer, something shifted for you and something changed in you. And you didn't come out perfect because I know none of us are, but you came out feeling a little more found than you felt lost, didn't you? Couple of you? Didn't you? <laughs> Thank you. Some people are newer, like, I don't think they believe that, <laughs> Kathleen. It's true. He wants to give you your own stories. And so in a, in a little moment, I'm going to, you can't talk about the Holy Spirit and the presence of God without opening up an opportunity to experience God. And I'm not going to make you do anything weird. I'm like, you have to respond to the prompting of the Spirit yourself. I did. My mom did. Everybody, the person who spoke a word over me had to respond to the Spirit's prompting in their life. We all have to respond to what the Spirit prompts us to do and what the Spirit wants to communicate to you. And so I will. I will give a, an opportunity. I will give a time where we can experience God ourselves. But for those of you who are new to the person of the Holy Spirit and you're just not sure, like, what are some of the ways that I'll know it's the Spirit when I'm praying? I'm just going to tell you what a couple of those are. Quick bands, you can come on back up. You're like, wow, she's wrapping up already? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> no, I felt very convicted that I needed to leave you time to experience the Spirit. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> which we're going to do. All right, so number one is he draws us to God and he prompts us to pray. Someone's here today because God has been drawing you through a friend of yours who you're like, hmm, that friend is different. What is it about that friend? And you just want to check it out for yourself. Some of you, the Spirit has been literally drawn, that, know that that's the presence of God drawing you to himself so that he can tell you that you are a son and daughter of God yourself. He draws us. He prompts us to pray. And so in your life, when you're going about your busy day and you feel this like thought come into your mind, oh, you know what? Like, I should pray for that person or I should pray about that thing. Or I should just stop and I should talk to God. Do that. Do that. If you're wondering, is that God? Is it not? Chances are, if it's something telling you to go talk to God, it's God. And if it's ever a prompting that is something that Jesus would do, just throw your eggs in that basket, my friends. Throw them all in. Like, if it's like, ah, I don't know, it might be weird that I go and encourage that person. What's the worst that can happen encouraging somebody? They might respond a little awkward and weird. Oh, well, you did what you were supposed to do, and you never know. You never know what that person, what God is doing in that person's life. How cool is it to be used by the Spirit in the life of another person? He empowers us to pray the will of God, and he empowers us for mission. When I invite, when we invite the Spirit to be at work in our prayers, we are going to be able to pray those first two lines of the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to be able to mean it. Our Father who is in heaven, praise be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want our own will a lot of the time. We pray a lot of comfort prayers sometimes. If you could just take that away from me, I would be a lot more comfortable. 
And maybe God wants to make you more comfortable and he'll take that away. Maybe. I pray he does. That'd be nice, like in a lot of things. But maybe if you pray instead, let your will be done in this pain. Let your will be done in this grief. Let your will be done in this situation that just doesn't seem to be moved. Maybe something better than what you wanted to happen might happen out of it. He reveals and reminds us of our identity as loved sons and daughters. Romans 8, 16, someone needs to hear this today. The Spirit himself within you testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Anyone in your life telling you that you are anything else, making you believe less about yourself than what the God of the universe has spoken over you, is not of God, but the Spirit of truth wants to remind you today that you are God's children, and he will tell you what is true. And so for those who are wondering, how does the Spirit turn up in my life? If it's a thought that seems true according to Scripture, true according to what God says out of his love for us and his grace for us, then it's likely the Spirit. He convicts and he brings about new life in Christ. And so if we've invited Jesus in our lives, we shouldn't be surprised if we don't want to do the things we used to do anymore. I was having a conversation with someone, brand new Christian, a couple weeks ago, and they were describing a situation. They're like, I went and I went, and I went with some friends to do this. And the whole time, I don't know what it was, she said. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I was just like, I don't think I should be here. And I left. I'm like, you want to know what just happened to you? The Holy Spirit happened to you. The very presence of God that you invited to be in your life is reminding you, not this way, this way. This way leads to death. This way leads to life. This way leads to a whole lot of lies and a whole lot of heaviness and a whole lot of baggage. This way leads to freedom. That's how you know if it's the Spirit talking to you because it's true and it's always with the foundation of love and the purpose to set you free and bring you to new life in Jesus Christ. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The Spirit doesn't completely change our personalities and make you do things that you were never created to do. Now, sometimes he challenges them. Bobby never wanted to sing in front of people a day in his life. I was the shyest kid you ever would have met. Can you believe it? <laughs> sometimes the Spirit empowers you to do the work he needs you to do. But he won't completely change and transform your personality, who he's originally created you to be. But if you have a hardened heart, if it's just become hard, and I'm not saying just because you wanted to be a cranky person, I'm saying because life has happened to you and enough letdowns have happened to you, but you know what the Spirit of God can do? He can just soften that away so that you can actually be open for the very first time in a long time, maybe to be like, God, I'm done. The way I've been doing this, it's not working anymore. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? That's a way that the Spirit shows up in us. And then he distributes gifts to us. And you should never seek the gift over the giver of the gift. They're useless without the motivation of just wanting to be in the presence of God and to be empowered for the mission of God. And so we don't ask you to come up here and pray, God, give me all your gifts so I can be awesome and look super spiritual to my friends. No. You come up here and you say, Spirit, what, it says the Spirit distributes the gift as he, gifts as he pleases. 
We all have the same God. We're all a part of the same body. We have different functions. I believe the Spirit wants to give you some gifts this morning, some of you. And you're going to have to respond whether you're going to be brave enough to use those and to accept them and to learn more about them because maybe you're going to experience it first and learn a little more about it later. Some of the gifts that he gives are wisdom, knowledge, and we're not just talking about like intelligence, like a, all of these things attach supernatural to the beginning. Supernatural wisdom, supernatural knowledge, things you know about someone you should never know about someone. And I'm not talking about a psychic. I'm talking about the Spirit of God who created that person, who knows everything about them, and reveals for the purpose of their edification, the purpose of their building up, the purpose of them being reminded that they are a son of a daughter of God. That's why they're giving you that knowledge. Supernatural healing, supernatural miracles, supernatural prophecy, supernatural discernment. I just don't feel right about that person. I just don't feel right about that boyfriend or girlfriend. Get rid of them. Listen to the Spirit. Some of you parents are so happy I just said that. Get rid of them. Tongues and interpretations of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them as He wants, and they are always for the purpose of continuing the mission of Christ in our world. Think of how many people are in this room right now who have confessed Christ to be Lord, who have the Spirit of God dwelling in them, that wants to be activated in their life, that wants to allow you to accomplish and finish what Jesus came here and started. What could happen, Calvary, in our church this year? What could happen in your families, but what could happen in our cities if we accepted the gifts of the Spirit and we used them for the good of others and for the building up and the reminder of who we are? And I'm not just talking about the older people in the room. Junior higher, I was 12 years old when God set me apart to do what I'm doing and saying to you right now. He can set you apart today. He can speak his truth to you today. Whatever the world has for you, I promise you, is nothing compared to what I get to feel in this moment of a completion of someone being prompted to speak truth and calling over my life. And along the way, I didn't always get it right, but eventually I said, okay, God, your way is better. Holy Spirit, do what you want. I pray that for you, junior higher. I pray it for you that you will be reminded over and over by other people in this building, other people in this room, so that you know God sees you, he has never forgotten you, and that God is going to accomplish in and through you things you never could have dreamed about and you could never have been told about at a career fair. So, I want you to experience your own story today, young person. I want you to experience again the spirit older person. I want your hardened heart to become soft, those who have just been like, I'm done. Would you stand with me if you're able? And we're all as one people, we're going to sing the same words of the band. And, and as we sing, and as you feel prompted, if you would like to show and posture yourself in a way that says, Holy Spirit, you're welcome, whatever you want to do. You can do that in your seat if you just want to hear from God. Sometimes it helps to kneel down and get rid of distraction in your seat. You're welcome to do that. If you would like someone to pray for you, we have people who are wearing green lanyards, pastors and boards and, and just approved members that, that we would like to speak over you. Um, if you would like prayer, why don't you just come up to this front? We call it an altar, not because it's magical, 
but because there's something that happens when we respond to the Spirit's prompting and we give God our time and our physical body and our attention. And you can just come up in this space here and someone will pray for you. And if you still feel like you need to respond physically, but you're like, I just kind of want to hear from the Spirit, I just want to be, be still before Him, you're welcome to come up in this area here. And no one will come and pray for you unless they feel incredibly prompted to speak something into your life. And if you're unable to make it up to the front for any reason at all, we do not want you to not be able to be prayed for if you would like prayer. And so could you please uh, just raise your hand at the back when, when people are uh, seated? Actually, we can stay standing. Let's just stay seated. If you want to sit, sit. Let's stay standing. But make sure you just let one of our hospitality know. Hamant is right at the back there to the right. Why don't you go tell him and he'd be happy um, to pray for you. Hamant, look out for hands raised. All right. Let's worship together, and again, I'm reminding you, we're just inviting the Holy Spirit to be welcome in our lives. And I just encourage you, be a little more open than maybe when you came in, that the Holy Spirit, God's presence in you, actually wants to show up and transform and do something, maybe in your life, but maybe in the life of someone else here today, through you. Or sit down, and if you have a name come to you, message that person immediately. If you have a word of encouragement for someone, send it to them right away. Too many missed opportunities, wondering if it's God or not. Chances are it's God if it's something Jesus would do. Let's worship together.